What is up, folks? This is Tony Brewer and Aaron Dotson, and you are listening to or watching, as the case may be, Christianity Now. Christianity Now is a podcast that's kind of evolved over the last, I don't know, going on a year. Aaron and I get together. I go through TikTok, and I find videos on TikTok, and we review those videos. What we are doing is we are placing our finger on the pulse of the world. If it's in the world, and if it's affecting the world, it is affecting the church. And that's the premise of our show. Sometimes it seems like we get a little bit of repetitive because these things, they, they go in cycles. Sometimes it might seem like for two or three weeks we're talking about the same thing. That's because sometimes the same thing affects us in very real and profound ways and, and hurts us for more than just a week in a row. So we look at these videos, we see what's trending on TikTok, and we talk about it. And I've actually got four videos today, and uh, probably we have a theme, um, but maybe, well, actually, we were going to have a theme, but I decided to veer from it. So we're just going to let the videos speak for themselves. I don't know that there's any particular golden thread, or what would you call the opposite of golden, some kind of evil thread uh, running through them. But You'll get to you'll get to discover those and discover that thread with us as we talk about that. Aaron, what's going on? Oh man, I am trying to be like the sons of Issachar who understood the times. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> trying to stand by and be ready. First Chronicles twelve thirty two. Oh, just, that's it. That that is the, the verse stuff going on. Just the usual <laughs> stuff going on. Good. Well, man, won't you read that verse that kind of got us Absolutely. going down this road? Absolutely. First uh, Chronicles twelve thirty two. Uh, of the sons of Issachar, who had understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do. Their chiefs were 200, and all their brethren were at their command. Absolutely. We got to know these things, and, and we have to be aware. We can't, we can't be like that old ostrich and put our head in the sand, which incidentally is kind of a head-in-the-sand statement because ostriches don't put their head in the sand, and unless you've been living in a rock on Jupiter, at the dark end of a of a long cave, then you would know that. Yeah, and that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to illuminate light on these issues. Uh, there's a verse. I suppose, therefore, that this is good because of the present distress. That it is good for a man to remain as he is. This is Paul talking about marriage, and evidently in Corinth, something was going on so bad that was affecting people so badly that Paul was telling them not to get married for a while, that it would be better if you didn't. And this shows that prudence and the things we ought to do are absolutely affected by culture of the moment, of the day. And that's what this show is about. I tell you, my connection with my camera is just, I don't know what's going on with it. Blinks and I freeze. I have gone back and watched on Facebook and stuff, and my audio never cuts out. It's just the camera freezes. So if you see me freeze, just remember I'll be talking. I'm about I'm about bummed out with the Mevo camera. <laughs> I just it, I don't ever have a video problem when me and you are on Christianity Now, but when I do the two by two. Oh that yeah, Evo camera keeps just internet connections. Not every time, but yeah, too off, too often. Just yesterday, what? it messed up 
like 20 minutes in. It's just, well, you it understand. Really struggles. It really struggles to reconnect too. Yeah. And it does that. And you remember me and you and Brock were doing, we talked truth. I and mean, it was a love hate relationship. Yep. Absolutely. It's the same way. Yeah. I don't know if it's a user problem or not. It's, it's not. Um, and I mean, the thing is close to $500, but you know, I mean, I, well, look, I'm froze now, you know? Yep. It came back. Yep. Your, your audio is always there, but it is freezing up on your face. Like your eyes are still closed right now. Oh, I can see that. Oh, it's bothersome. Yep. Yeah. I don't know why it doesn't. And it, incidentally, it's red. My, my, my deal is red. And then when it freezes, the light turns to green. So I know, like I have, I have optic feedback Yeah, when it freezes. So anyway, let's get into these videos. Uh, the first video is from a bona fide scholar. Now, I don't agree with all of his conclusions, but what he's giving you today is just research. And this is the time of year whenever, well, we just got through with the Christmas holiday season. Now we're coming up on Easter. And now we got people coming up, coming out of the woodwork. It's all over TikTok about Easter is a pagan holiday and the bunnies and the eggs, they were all um, have to do with pagan fertility gods. And if you paint Easter eggs, you're making idols and you're, you're teaching your kids how to be idolatrous and all because it goes back to this goddess Ishtar. And look, all of that is just hyper stupid. Same thing with Christmas. Christmas is not a pagan holiday. It does not have pagan roots. It was born out of Christian practices. It wasn't an answer to compromise with the Druids and this, that, and the other. All of that's just stupid. And if you're out here and you're promoting that kind of nonsense, you may go to hell because you're dividing the brotherhood. I feel really strongly about this. Anyway, yeah. um, be let's be careful about that. Divide I the Lord's it. church. Well, it's a sin to bear false witness, isn't it? Yes, it is. So just because whatever, who did what years ago, we can't have our own practices and traditions today with well, eggs and painting and whatever else. Yeah. It's not inherently sinful. That, that's a good, yeah, that's a good observation. And I ain't even going that far. I'm just saying, look, look, it may be sinful. We can have this conversation. It may be sinful for you to practice painting Easter eggs, hiding Easter eggs, and and having a poster of the Easter bunny up. Okay, Let, let's we'll, we'll discuss that. That could be sinful. But what I'm talking about is Christians who. Put an have an air members of the Church of Christ who have an air of holier than everybody else, which they should because we are, but in but not in a negative way. We're putting it out there like we we have this uh, Gnostic information, this Gnostic understanding that Easter Bunny was a sex symbol, uh, eggs were a fertility symbol, and hiding it and all that good stuff and. Look, it's just not the case. It's just not the case. And it's kind of like birthday cakes. Those same people that have that problem have no problem with birthday cakes at all. But birthday cakes absolutely have their roots in pagan custom. Yeah. You know? 
the days serving, of the week in their names. Yeah, and, and serving Dionysius on a, on a special day of the year whenever you uh, put candles and sparkles and, and sweet cakes and stuff like that. that. That That's where we get this tradition of the birthday cake and blowing out the candles. I know people I'm froze like, well, as a dodge green. Yeah, people are like, but I read on the internet that this this was what they did back in 1432 or 400 yeah. A.D. And so if you do it today, you may not know it, but you're ignorantly serving Satan. Yeah. I, I don't know. I've never personally met anybody that was serving Dion, Dionysus with eggs. Because of or, a birthday cake? Yeah, or a birthday cake. You know, it's just like, that was well, not that's in the their thing. heart or their mind. The, the people that are hardcore against these, like Easter and Christmas and stuff like that, they have no problem whatsoever with the birthday cake. Kind of tells me you're a hypocrite at the very worst, and at the very least, you're just dumb. It's similar similar to being fine and dandy with celebrating your grandchild's birthday because you love that grandchild. Don't you dare celebrate the fact that Jesus was incarnated. He was born on Yeah. Him. Don't you dare because there's no command that tells you to do that. Well, there's no command that tells you to celebrate your granddaughter's birthday. But you do it. That's know, it. There's liberty, folks. There's liberty. Individual liberty. That's it. But Deborah makes a good comment here. A lot of countries had similar practices without knowing each other, and they weren't doing it for the same reason. That's exactly right. And uh, that, that is the, the, the term to refer to that phenomenon is the zeitgeist. And I think like like the world spirit, the world, you know, I think calculus, y'all Google this, you know, check me against Google. I think calculus was, um, I don't know, do you discover math? Do you develop math? I don't know. Anyway, don't know. calculus was discovered or developed thousands of miles apart from one another during a time where technological, it was, technology was not advanced where these two people could have any communication with one another. So that, that's called the zeitgeist. All right. Let's start this video, man. Let's listen yeah. to McKellen. All right, go ahead. It's data over dogma. Hey, everybody. It sounds like it must be time once again to remind you all that Easter is absolutely not a pagan holiday. It is a Christian renegotiation of the Passover, which is why the majority of Christendom still refers to it by some variation on the word Pesach, which means... I like what he, it's, it's a renegotiation of the Passover. It, and and that's, that, that makes so much sense. That's, if you think about Easter as a renegotiation of Passover, then Easter does have, in a very literal sense, in a literal sense of the word, pagan roots, because it goes back to Judaism. And once Judaism, once Christianity came and Judaism um, was no longer authorized by God. If you were a practicing Jew, you were a pagan. Boy, I, t- I told that to somebody and they disagreed with me. Oh, I'm like, so you're telling me that if a man practiced Judaism right now, he's not a pagan? No, because it's the same God as the God of the Christian. That's what they yeah, would say. Yeah, so the Muslims are not a pagan either. They claim that their their God is the same God of the Christians. So it's not the same God because the one God found fulfillment of the old in the new. <laughs> That's it. All right. Let's keep going. 
means Passover. Bunnies and eggs are symbols that became associated entirely internally to medieval European Christianity based on the use of eggs as a traditional way to break the Lenten fast. And Notice, notice just the logical reason that eggs are associated with Passover or with Easter. Okay, so there was this man-made idea of Lent. And if you're going to break the Lenten fast, what is the most convenient superfood, highly nutritious superfood that you would use? Eggs. Eggs. And probably boiled eggs, because if you boil eggs, you pickle eggs, you I mean, well, actually, it would be, probably be pickled eggs. You would boil them, then pickle them. And, uh, you know, you got 75 to 100 calories uh, of and, and several grams of protein, good fat. Not the tastiest things in the world, depending on how they're pickled. I actually like pickled eggs. But the idea is, if, you're, if you've been on a fast and you haven't been cooking, you don't have anything prepared, when it's time to break that fast, you want to eat something Ready. You want to eat something now. Well, in the 1500s, you couldn't go to the refrigerator and make a salami sandwich. So eggs became associated with breaking the Lenten fast, which was already associated with the Passover, the time of year, the Paschal time of year. All right, let's keep going. Interesting. Yeah. And the association of the European brown hair with parthenogenesis or virgin birth. Now, the association—this is the one. The, the European brown hair is associated with parthenogenesis, or, or the, the virgin birth. And the reason is, it was thought for a, for a long time that uh, hares, rabbits, uh, could reproduce without the use of a male. And the reason is, is because they can have several litters— having only been inseminated once. And so the, this this um, uh, idea with these rabbits being associated with the virgin birth, that, that is true. But I wouldn't call that sinful or pagan. You know, 600 years ago, hey, you know, we're celebrating the Passover, and um, we're going to associate these rabbits with the virgin birth. So it's just something that was believed that wasn't true as far as the European hair. Yeah. Hair. He, yeah. Here, here, Christine, I love you, sister, but I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use your comment here as an example of the things we're talking about. I can't agree with this. Okay. There's nothing here that you either agree or disagree with. You have to level the accusation at this this researcher, this authority, that he's wrong. All right? You have to level the accusation that he's lying. Then your next comment is, give me scripture authorization of term Easter. Well, we we have a lot of terms for which there is no scriptural example. For one, Calling the man who stands up before the auditorium and delivers a homily week after week, calling that man a preacher as a job title 
is not authorized in Scripture any more than the word Easter is, is authorized in Scripture. But I will tell you this. There is an example of a man-made religious holiday that was made under the Old Covenant that God never rebuked the children of Israel for, that the children of Israel practiced up until, including and past, the time that Christ walked on the face of the earth. And that is the Feast of Purim. There was a totally man-made holiday. And the Hanukkah feast is something that was practiced from the time of the intertestamental period up until all the way until today. But yet, in John chapter 10, Jesus went to Jerusalem during the Feast of Hanukkah. And nothing is not addressed at all. It seems to be a non-issue. John ten twenty two is the specific verse yeah. that uh, feast of dedication is what it's called in scripture. Yeah, the feast of dedication. Hanukkah which is, is Hanukkah. what it's known. Yes, what it's known as today. Hanukkah. Yeah, Hanukkah is what it's known for today. But it's it's that's what it is. It's the feast of dedication. So yeah, these were these were holidays that were religious in nature, and that they were people yeah. of God, and they honored God on certain days about certain things that God had done for them or blessed them with. That's it. And God did so, not chide them or correct them for it. Right. Not so I'm I, I'm I'm concerned with the I can't agree with this because there's nothing that has been stated here that is that is arguable. He hasn't said he hasn't he hasn't given you any conclusion. He's just given you data. He's given you no dogma. He's not saying that hey, it's holy and acceptable for us to have a Easter cantata. He's not saying it's holy and acceptable uh, to, uh, it's not holy and acceptable to God for us to celebrate in all of its facets this holiday. He's just saying here that it's not what these people say it is. It has no root in pagan origins. It, it doesn't mean it, the, the eggs don't represent fertility. The bunnies don't represent sex. It's not, it's not homage to the goddess Ishtar. And, and he does this every year. I mean, he, it's very interesting. And the, my, my brethren are just largely ignorant, and they want to stay kindergartners, and they don't want to ever go on to full scholarly work because we like holding on to our platitudes and we like holding on to these things that just I don't know we like being in the dark I think anyway he's he's just stating information his research yeah. facts he's yeah, not that's he, it. he hasn't made any like any kind of what we think of as doctrinal conclusions or anything yes and and the thing about it you know I sit down with an eldership and one of the elders he was telling me all of these things about Easter I mean, about Christmas. And I'm like, there's so much here. I said, you, you did your research from the first page of a Google search. I can tell. I, because I hear it all the time. Nothing you've said here has been correct. 
and you're drawing more conclusion than your evidence presents. That's what I want to get into my brethren's head. My brethren's heads? The heads It'll be grammatically correct. The heads of my brethren. I want to get into it. I want to get this into it. Don't draw more conclusion than the evidence presents because you'll go to hell. These people dividing the church over this are hell bound and, and bearing false witness and giving false information. And they haven't studied enough. And, and it goes, the theme really of the show this week, it would probably be 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, desiring to be teachers of the law, not knowing what they say nor whereof they affirm. And we're going to read that text shortly. But anyway, Aaron, you got anything to say? Yeah, I mean, that's it's just we just we we tend to repeat things that we've heard that we've heard good people, people that we love and respect. Well meaning you know, people. The, the internet is full. It has a plethora of of information, you know, and much of it not based in fact. And, you know, we could we can talk further. I know this video is about uh this is given by an individual who is considered he's a scholar in his what he's, you know, giving. And I don't yeah. know all of his particular credentials, but there are scholars in many different areas that that do all the, you know, that do research. And like like you said, he's just giving that information. There's no there's no conclusions here. We can talk about those kinds of conclusions later. We we may will. We may may we may do it. We've already kind of touched into that a bit at the very beginning. Yeah. Right? I get kind of passionate about these things because we're we're arguing the wrong things. We're 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 misguided. We hear these things over and over, and, and maybe and I'll hold myself on that. Maybe we'll have another time where I can interject that again. But just yeah, you know, take just listen to the videos first, and then we can yeah. start try to draw some conclusions. Well, and and and, and that's the thing. And I don't mean to pick on you, Christine, but the statement I can't agree with this. Why not? What specifically can't you agree with? And and what 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 do you offer? What do you offer that that is dissenting information that's more compelling than than what this man is giving? See, that's how we need to. And there, there's, I can't remember who did it. I know I did a, a version of it. I did a I did a lesson on how to listen to a sermon. And one of the things we have to do is we have to understand that we don't give more glory than what to to, to a man than is due. But if I'm listening to a gospel sermon. This man is stood up there. He's. I've got to assume the best. He's done his research. He's not maliciously trying to lead me astray. If I hear something with which I disagree, I need to write it down, and I need to listen to his sermon and listen to how he supports what he says. And then Alan Webster wrote, yeah, good deal. Alan Webster, the art of listening to a sermon. But live with what, the man says for at least a small fraction of the amount of time all right for a small fraction of the amount of time that he he lived with it you know that man prepared for that sermon he did research he put it together he probably spent 30 hours on it at least spend 3 hours thinking about it and listening to it and uh Yes, Christine, if you're making Easter a religious holiday, I'm listening. Well, Easter is a religious holiday. 
I mean, the word religion, it, you know what that means. Christmas is a religious holiday. If you, if you celebrate Christmas in your home, you're celebrating a religious holiday. If you celebrate Easter, you're celebrating a religious holiday. Uh, if, you, if you go to Wednesday night Bible class, you're celebrating a religious holiday. There's, there's absolutely nothing wrong with man-made religious holidays. Nothing whatsoever. And so much scripture has been put in the chat. Uh, Romans 14 is the main thing. One man esteems one day above another, and another man esteems every day alike. There's nothing wrong with either of those men. Again. I, I, I esteem December 25th higher than I esteem December 24th and December 26th. Why? Because that's the day I celebrate the birth of my Savior, Jesus Christ. That's a religious holiday, and that's absolutely authorized for me to do by Scripture. Repeating something you've already said that I want our viewers to consider one more time, you know, in the law, in the Mosaic Code, there was no command for the the celebration of, of Purim in the book of Esther. But yet they put that into practice and with good intentions mm-hmm. to honor God, to thank God that God reversed Haman's decree and yeah. saved God's people. And so it was with good purpose. It was not like, oh, you know, we're purposely trying to hate on God and we hate God. We don't want to serve God. It wasn't, a, it wasn't an inherently sinful thing. It was good. It was right. It was righteous, you know. That's it. it was gratitude. And But again, the Mosaic law never commanded Purim. But right. They had not transgressed any law of God by being thankful and celebrating that day because of what God did for them. And the same is true of the the the, the feast of dedication, the, the you know the way the the temple had been purified in the days of the Maccabees. Yeah. Again, according to some brethren, if 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 it was sinful and Jesus or and or we have to call it out if it's sin, why didn't Jesus call it out as sin in John ten? Well, it would have been specific, and, and the case can be made. Well, maybe he called it out off screen. Well, if that's the case, then it's not that big a deal. Exactly. Because what is law for us in the church? Teach them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. Well, how do we know whatsoever things Jesus commanded the apostles? Because we have a written account. The Holy Spirit gave us everything we need to know in a written account. So if he did call them out off screen, that means it's not important enough for us to read. That means it's not important enough for us to say. Yeah, we have no command to rebuke, you know, religious holidays. We have no command to uh, rebuke the Feast of Dedication, for example. That's it. That is it. All right. Let's keep on going with old McLaren or McLaren. Well, now I can't think of his name. Anyway. <laughs> All right. Now, the association with the Germanic deity Austra is only limited to the name with the Germanic spring deity Ostra is limited to the name. Some Christians took the name Easter from the name of the month in which it was celebrated, which itself was taken from the Germanic spring deity. There are no ancient data whatsoever that indicate that that deity was at all associated with bunnies 
or with eggs. That is a claim that was invented by folklorists in the 19th century, and it is not based on any ancient data whatsoever. Wow. And I like his, his, his videos are so simple and straightforward. I don't agree with when he starts drawing conclusions. That's when he and I differ. Right. But we're talking about the research he has done yeah. as a scholar about history, how this came about, what did happen and what didn't. He said there's yeah. no evidence. That's that it. connection of the eggs with the word I'm looking for. The, with with Austria, the yeah. goddess, the, yeah. the only the only connection Easter has with the Germanic goddess Austria is in name only. It would be like the only Okay, so if if the church where you attend decides to have a Thursday night devotional, so you have esteemed Thursday above the other days. You have given that to God. That is a religious holiday. Okay? Is it associated with the Greek with the worship of the Greek god the, the pantheon of the Greek of the Greek gods? Of the Norse, of the Norse gods, rather, because you did it on Thor's day. It it is well, it is associated with it because yeah, it because shares the name. Day. It shares the name of the day. It's associated with Norse mythology, because it shares a name that's inspired by North mythology, Norse mythology. It's like Easter, Easter, and and, and that, that's the thing. I do not. Uh, boom, 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 boom. Hold on. Easter is a misrepresentation of the word Passover by King James, from what I understand. So I believe the the reason I, I think the King James writers knew exactly what they were doing when they used the word Easter. It's probably for the 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 Germanic name of the month in which it was celebrated. So anyway, good stuff and. You know, hopefully, man, you know, this. there's going to be people busting hell wide open for the division they cause over this. You know, and I, I've been told, well, Tony, you're the divisive one. You're the one that keeps talking about it. No, people need to be enlightened about the division that they're causing and the sin of division over matters yeah. of conscience. That's, that's the thing. That's an incident. I don't know if it's incidental or not, but incidentally, that's what Romans 16 you know, that's what Romans 16 is about. Romans 16, you know, 17. Absolutely. Especially. Yes. Those, those that, you know, cause divisions that are contrary, they're, they're beside the doctrines. The doctrines that are matters of, of, con, of conviction and, and they're binding those things. And you take the whole context of Romans 14 forward, you're really going to get that. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's the thing. So, Let's let's read Romans fourteen, or Romans sixteen, rather seventeen, and I want to I want to make a note. I appreciate that, Greg James. Y'all are educating, not dividing. And incidentally, we're not saying that that it's a virtuous thing for you to go out and hunt Easter eggs, right? We're just saying that if you choose not to, don't make a division between you and those that do. Yeah. All right. Oh, that's First Corinthians. That's not. We're not going to find the verse there. No. All right. Dan Winkler made this point I'm about to make. So you see how smart Dan Winkler 
is because he agrees with me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't tell he him I said smart. that. smart. Boy, he's a, Dan Winkler sure is a smart fella. <laughs> Not he agreed with me. I realized how smart he was. <laughs> yeah. All right. Now, I urge you, brethren, note those who cause division and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you learned and avoid them. What doctrine? Romans 14 through 15, 8. That's the doctrine. It's people that make a big deal out of what you eat and man-made holy days. Avoid those people. Mark them as dividers and keep no company with them. Christine Woodall, do not add to or take away. We're not adding to. We're not taking away. You esteem one day above another. You do well. Aaron, you esteem not one day above another. You do well, too. Yep. Tony isn't the one bringing it up for weeks at a time before every holiday. You got that right. It's my <laughs> brethren. And it's my brethren that don't have a thing else to do. Quit, quit taking to the Facebooks talking about how evil Christmas and Easter is. And go out and evangelize. Taking something that's in the realm, and here's here's where we are. Here's 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 one of the real underlying problems that we have, generally speaking, all over with 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 many in the Lord's church. We're publicly condemning people for things that are merely matters of conscience, but we are not spreading the soul saving doctrines that that bring somebody to Jesus. We're not condemning those doctrines that are causing people to be lost the mm-hmm. er- the errors of you know the you know faith only the the, the sin yeah. of prayer the denominationalism and the, and I'm not saying nobody's teaching against those there are good teachers in the church that do but I'm saying instead of talking to your neighbor about Jesus and his sacrifice you you're hindering them you're pushing them away by bickering with them or condemning them tip uh, high hatting is that the right word you know, maybe it's, it's, it possibly, possibly virtue, possibly signaling virtue, virtue signaling for yes. sure. Yes. Uh, over something that is clearly in the realm of judgment. It's in the yeah. realm of conscience that each individual person needs to work out. Brethren don't need to take those matters of conscience to the level of, 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 you know, salvation and doctrine that causes somebody to be saved or lost. Uh we're mis we're misleading people. We're causing yeah. and the thing that really strikes me hard is that Romans 16, 17. This is something in years past I didn't realize how serious it is to to bind things that that God has not bound. I didn't realize it was as serious as Romans 16, 17. Yes. Put a note on them and and these are individuals that are serving their own belly. Mm. I, I mean, you know. Well, that, that that's that pearl clutching. That's that. Virtue signaling. Oh, look at me! How virtuous I am! I don't, I don't, I don't do that Easter stuff. Right. Well, and, I, and I, good for you. And I saw some things on the internet, you know, where eggs—that means you're serving diocesans. And people are hiding eggs, and they have no direct connection to false gods. 
Like yeah. you said, there's associations, but there's not a direct connection. That's not why they're doing them. Well, with the eggs, uh, the data shows that there's no association with exactly. paganism anyway. Exactly. We they associated yeah. that with the breaking of a fast yeah. That, yeah. That, that was tradition during that time of year. And you can't tell me that it's a sin to have a tradition to fast once a year. There's no commandment in Scripture to fast, yet God regulates the fasting. Yep. Awesome, Scott Beck. Thank you so much. Keep up the good work. We appreciate that. And Christine, I love you, sister. I'm speaking very passionately. It has nothing to do with you personally, okay? Nothing to do with you personally. Um, who knows the mind of a man save the spirit of man which is in him? That's right. And God has revealed certain things. Uh, anyway, Aaron, you got anything left to say before we go into something else? No, go ahead. We could go on and on. Yeah. This. Go ahead to the next one. We have some others. And we we do. In fact, we've got, th- we've got three more videos. So, uh, we could talk for seven hours today. We could. There were one or two other comments earlier. I didn't know if you wanted to address, but yeah, I, uh, we can. If you later think we need to address them, holler at I, Well, uh, Deborah O'Neill asked the question: Is it a sin to participate in Jewish holidays if you're a Christian? Oh, I think I think that's a good question. I think it's a very good question. I also believe the answer is no. It is not. In fact, I think from a practical standpoint, a prudential standpoint, it would be very good to once a year celebrate a Passover to have an actual Seder, a, a meal where you you go to Exodus and you do everything that it says that they did. You stand around, you eat this with your, with your traveling clothes and all that good stuff. Well, these are our spiritual ancestors. Yeah, help people understand that. I think when people hear that, they hear, oh, so you're saying we got to live by the old law now. You know, I think that's... Hmm. People, that's what they're hearing. I, I don't know if any of our viewers are or not, but generally speaking, we're like, you know, we live by the new today, not the old. And if you do yeah. something that's in the old, it's inherently wrong now because we live by the new. Yeah. No, no, that's, um, well, that, that's the thing. Once Christianity came, by its very, by, just, just by default, every Jewish tradition became a pagan tradition. And, and incidentally, a lot of young males in Western culture um, had forced upon them the pagan practice of circumcision. Because once Christianity came, circumcision was a pagan practice. Now, do you think it's okay to circumcise? Anyway, so whenever, whenever, whenever we talk about Jewish holiday, in fact, Romans 14 I believe the text is purposefully vague in Romans chapter 14. Um, More than likely, what was going on is you had Jews that were saying that there were certain dietary restrictions. There were pagans that were celebrating certain pagan holy days. The, that the Jews wouldn't celebrate, the pagans wouldn't take the dietary restrictions, and then when it comes to the Jewish holy days, the pagans wouldn't celebrate the Jewish holy days, and all of that good stuff. 
So it was probably a juxtaposition of baggage heavily associated with the Jews and the Gentiles, the pagans of the day. But it's purposefully vague, and I'll tell you why. Because God in his wisdom knew that we were going to be sitting here in 2023 on a restream live broadcast and have the world in the shape that it's in today. And if you um if you if you extrapolate the principle found in Romans 14 that's purposefully vague, then you can apply it to Easter, Christmas, the celebration of your child's birth every year. Uh you can you can you can celebrate Friday as a holy day and give that to God and assemble at the church building and say every Friday we're going to celebrate our life in Christ by coming together and praying and reading the Bible, and we're going to dedicate this time to God. That's a Romans 14 issue, folks. I'll pause you right there, Tony. I've heard members of the church argue, since God is only ultimately totally holy, only God can determine what days are holy. <clears throat> well, that's an absolute lie. It, it is. And it's hyper-stupid. It is. Again, go back. God, who is all holy, did not command the Feast of Purim, but he permitted them and blessed them for keeping, keeping such. Because they were, Romans 14, they were doing it as unto the Lord. Yeah. They, they were doing it because of their great gratitude for God sparing them. Yeah. Uh, Christine, I want to put forth to you that you absolutely celebrate Easter religiously. Because you say it right here. I celebrate Easter, but not religiously. Family, fun, tradition. Another way of saying religion is tradition. Maybe we need to educate ourselves on definition of terms before we take hard stances. All right, Melissa Price has a good one. Hey, Aaron and Tony. Would it be right if the church started having services to celebrate these holidays? I put up a tree and stuff, but don't want to celebrate it as a service. I would challenge anyone, and I'm not dodging your question. I just I want you to, to draw your own conclusions. I would challenge anyone to find me scripture that prohibits me from any day of the year coming together with my church family reading Bible verses that have to do with his birth, singing songs that have to do with his birth, praying, giving thanks to God for Jesus' birth, and um, hearing a lesson about the birth of Jesus Christ. Virgin birth of Jesus. Any day. Now, why couldn't you do that on December 25th? And incidentally, this is the funnest thing to me. You know, what 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 do you think would happen in all of our congregations in the especially in the South and the Bible Belt if we put a Christmas tree in the foyer or a Christmas tree behind the pulpit? What do you think would happen? Most people would flip out. Flip out ain't the word for it, brother. <laughs> you know that. People would shoot you. They'd go they'd burn the building down. You've tainted it. How many times during Christmas season do you see poinsettias? 
in the church building. You do. You know what another name for the poinsettia is? No, I don't. The <laughs> Mexican Christmas flower. <laughs> Mexican. It's more associated with Christmas than the Christmas tree itself. In oh. fact, it's more it's more associated with the Christianity aspect of it than the Christmas tree. Probably through Catholicism, Hispanic. That yeah. yeah. Anyway, I just think that's something. It, it just goes to show the ignorance of my brethren. Yeah, it, it really can, does. Yeah, we can offer our own judgment on on these types of questions, just like you know that Melissa asked. You know. Yeah. You know, the first I, I and foremost thing I always teach is the individual freedom and liberty. Congregations, then you're dealing with many people at one time. You're dealing with things that wise elders have to decide for the when the body comes together. Yeah. And, and, and again, would it be wise for... Would it be wise for a congregation on December 25th to say they're having a Christmas worship service? Actually, that would probably be wrong worded it worded like that. I mean, I'm trying to be I'm trying to be pedantic because I don't want to give anybody the wrong idea. Would it would it be wise for a congregation to say Well, no, I think that would be actually a good thing. I think on December 25th what we ought to do is we ought to rent billboards and radio airspace and television commercials and say, hey, December, you know, Christmas falls on December 27th this year. If you love Jesus and you love the Christmas season, why don't you come to the such and such street church of Christ and see what Christmas is really all about? I think that, oh boy, that is harmless. As doves, but it is as shrewd as serpents. And if you yeah. did that, you would probably be excoriated. You would be marked on Facebook. People would share pictures of it. And the congregation where you are locally would grow, grow, grow. And everybody else would shrink, shrink, shrink. But you don't care because you're doing what the Lord wants you to do. If if somebody if somebody believes that they can celebrate Jesus' birth, his death, and his resurrection every first day of the week and every day that they're alive, Sister Christine said, well, then the same would apply to December 25th. Yeah. December 25th is, is, is a day that you live. And, and like it would Easter, apply to I mean, yeah. Easter as well. The day of Easter. Yeah. If you can do it, if you're authorized to celebrate it on Sunday and every day that you live, then that would include December 25th and the day whatever Easter falls on. You know. That's, that's it. Yeah. And this is always such a hard topic. Like, we're, we're 47 minutes into this, and we've only covered the one video. You know? And it, it's just it's I, one of those things. I, I, I know. Well, Gwen Cooper said, um, Sister Christine, this is what I was taught when I first became a Christian, so is this wrong? Well, it's not an issue of right and wrong, and I don't know what she means by this anyway. I think but she's commenting on Christine's comment. I think Jesus so, and I can't. I can't Sunday. see the. Yeah, I can't see the. Uh, well, ah. Anyway, I can't see the replies. I, I I only see everything as if it's. 
Well, I can't think of the word, Aaron. But anyway, uh, yeah, we don't cancel services just because they land on holidays. That's it, hey, hey, Alabama. But if you lead the song Joy to the World during December, the members will get you. If you, if you, it just, just think Christmas fell on a Sunday this past Christmas. What if I would have preached Matthew chapter 1, 18 through 20, whatever it is, 25, yeah, 25 or so? Yeah. Tony, I think a lot of the concern is we are concerned about not being like denominations instead of being concerned about being biblically correct. The, and, and and following yeah. the law where there's the law and then following uh you know our own best judgment when it comes to matters of judgment matters of conscience and you know just like with with Santa Claus Christmas trees other yeah. things like that Jesus's birthday people well we don't want to do that because that's what denomin, de- denomination you know yeah now let me let me make a point here if during the month of December, Christmas falls on December 25th. And the guy at the congregation where you are presides over the Lord's Supper in a Santa Claus suit, you might have a problem. All right? I think what happens is whenever we have conversations like this where we discuss the liberty in Christ People are uncomfortable with liberty. They want boundaries. Because, but God treats us as sentient beings with our own autonomy, our own agency. You're free to celebrate these holidays. Okay, that means I have the responsibility of figuring out what I'm not supposed to do. It's like Halloween. Okay. Can I celebrate Halloween? Well, it, you know, it, it depends on what you mean by that. How old is Cheyenne? Seven. Can Cheyenne put green face makeup and a real long nose and ugly teeth and a pointy hat and go trick-or-treating claiming she's a witch? Yeah, there, there's nothing wrong with that. But can Cheyenne's mama dress up in a nurse's outfit that you you get my picture. There are things that are sinful. There are things that are not. Liberty in Christ does not authorize you to do things that are governed by law in other ways. Right. Something that's strictly forbidden. That's it. Yeah. And I, th- I think, I think we might comment a little bit more since we've gone down this trail this much. Uh, a few moments ago, Christine said, still not a religious holiday. No scripture verifies that. I'm thinking that, but it is a religious holiday because it, it is. It, and I think a lot of people are misunderstanding that about yeah. religious holiday. They're thinking that the only religious holiday in the whole world is Sunday. That's the no. day the Christians we, came together. That's when, what I think people think in Western culture in the United States. Wednesday is a religious holiday. It's Surely the day is. that set aside. It's, it's the day that collectively was set aside, and it's recognized that that's the day you have Bible class. It is a tradition. There's no command to None have whatsoever. Wednesday night Bible study. None whatsoever. So the same argument that people use to condemn celebrating Jesus' birthday whenever, any day, including December 25th, is the same argument you could use incorrectly 
yeah. to, con- to condemn Wednesday night Bible classes. Yeah. And then no, there's the, no, you know, we can't cause a brother to stumble, Romans 14, 13 through 23. It's a gross over, um, over application of that verse. People who use this verse would have a congregation held hostage to this way, to the tyranny of the weaker brother. Well, everybody's got to wear a three-piece coat and tie, a suit. Why? Because we have four people over here that are offended if you don't. I just preached on this this past Sunday night, 1 Corinthians 8. I tried to exegete the whole chapter in its context. That's, you know, offend. It doesn't mean to make unsettled or to hurt their feelings. Yeah. It, it, it means to, to act in such a way that they change their behavior to commit something they believe is a sin and thereby they sin yeah. against God. That's it. First Corinthians, yeah, yeah seven verse uh, 10. For if anyone sees you who have knowledge eating in an idol's temple, will not the conscience of him who is weak be emboldened to do it, to do what he believes is wrong, That's to it. eat those things. All, and because of your knowledge, shall the weak brother perish for whom Christ died? When you do that, you're sinning against Christ. Verse 12. Not hurting yeah. your feelings or making them uncomfortable. Right. Which, which we have to do if we're going to teach people. We have to offend people if we're going to teach them. Yep. Te- teaching by nature is an adversarial relationship between the teacher and the student. By nature, it's an adversarial relationship between the teacher and the student. You have to offend the people you're teaching. If you don't believe me, look at the perfect teacher. Amen. Look at the perfect teacher. Yep. All right. Let's let's keep going. Uh, Quickly, I think the next video is the one that, hold on a second. I think this is the one. How and, arrogant. Yeah. All right, before, let, let's, I'm going to read this right here. This is 1 Timothy chapter 1, starting in verse 3. As I urged you when I went into Macedonia, remain in Ephesus that you may charge some that they teach no other doctrine, nor give heed to fables and endless genealogies, which cause disputes rather than godly edification, which is in faith. Now the purpose of the commandment is love from a pure heart, from a good conscience, and from sincere faith, from which some have strayed, having turned aside to idle talk, desiring to be teachers of the law, understanding neither what they say nor the things which they affirm. But we know that the law is good if one uses it lawfully, knowing this, that the law is not made for a righteous person, but for the lawless and insubordinate, for the ungodly and for sinners, and for the unholy and profane, for murderers, for murderers of fathers and murderers of mothers, for manslayers, for fornicators, for sodomites, for kidnappers, for liars, 
for perjurers. And if there is any other thing that is contrary to sound doctrine, according to the glorious gospel of the blessed God, which was committed to my trust. All right. Don't give heed to these fables and endless genealogies. Some people hold these traditions and these beliefs, and they're allowed to hold them. And Timothy was told to put people in remembrance that they don't teach these things. So when it comes to Easter, when it comes to Christmas, when it comes to Thanksgiving, don't take to Facebook because you desire to be a teacher of the law and correct people and try to control people and bind people where God, through Christ Jesus, has liberated them. Because you will fall into this category of people who desire to be teachers of the law and you don't even understand what you are affirming by the things that you're saying. I think it would be good to have an episode just on that one verse, Tony. Just like yes. talk about helpful ways to actually help someone. Sometimes there are evangelists, Bible class teachers, and elders who they mean well and they want to do what's right, but they affirm things and they don't know what they're affirming. And but. But I, will, I want to believe, and I do believe, that some of them are not purposely being vindictive. Oh, yeah. They're, they're not. not. They're not intentionally. So what are some ways to help them see you actually don't know what you're talking about? Because you know, I'm not trying to just spin somebody's head and say, ha-ha, see, I'm right, you're wrong, you're dumb, yeah. I'm smart, I went to MSOP, or, or I studied longer than... It, 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 it is a matter of getting it right, though, and it is a matter of upholding that. I would be a Bible scholar if I never went to school for it. That's just all there is to it. I just, I just, I just want there. There would some ways that can when we realize when we're in a discussion with someone who who has devoted their life to studying the Bible, and they ask us questions that we that that we can't that, that let's just say you that you can't answer, then that should be a red flag to you. Maybe I'm missing something here. No, maybe, yeah. maybe, no, maybe maybe I'm wrong about this. Instead of well, this. Because the way it happens sometimes, even like a subject like this, some people, they think that we are talking about these things because we're trying to change certain things that we're not trying to change. Nope. We are trying to affect change in the minds of people. Yes. We are. But not, again, going back to the comment that was made earlier, and I'll just give my judgment. Like, you know, Melissa, she asked about something about, you know, what about the collective assembly? Knowing my brethren here, I would never, I mean, it would take, it would take months and years of people learning for them to even come to their own conclusions to realize that it wouldn't be wrong to have a sermon and songs and prayers centered around the resurrection of Jesus on a Sunday just before Easter yep. or, or if it falls on that Sunday. I, I wouldn't try to do that well, this Well, Easter Sunday. falls I don't have, on a Sunday. Every year. Every time. Exactly. Exactly. Christmas does not, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm just saying, though, like in my job, again, we can give our judgment. You know, my judgment, I, I wouldn't, this is not something, what we're getting wrong is not necessarily the services, the collective actions. That's my opinion. I don't think we're really getting that part wrong. We're getting, 
our understanding of these days and how God authorizes and how God permits. We're yeah. getting that wrong. And then many of us in the church are using this as a tool to condemn other people when it's in the realm of judgment to begin with. Yeah. That's so what we're getting wrong. Not, well, we need to change church services. We need to, yeah. that's not the real issue. And, and I'm going to say something that's going to be sound harsh, but I don't care. Most people who have an opinion and are very vocal about it do not possess the mental faculty and knowledge and nor have done enough research to even hold an intelligent opinion about it. That's what this episode is about. That's what the video that we showed in the beginning is about. People say, oh, well, they they pass around that stupid meme about Ishtar and Ostra and eggs and bunnies and this and the other. And the point we're making is none of that's true. There might be some very good reasons not to celebrate Easter. But none of them are true that, that, that tie Easter to these pagan holidays. And what I've found in just about every time I meet people who claim to be Christians who hold very strong views is they have no right to hold those views because they haven't done the work that it takes to study and actually hold an informed conviction. It's just regurgitated platitudes, usually from the first page of a Google search. Or with the older generations, things they've heard older preachers that they love and admire that are otherwise good men of God have said because those men of God heard and read what people before them said. No matter what people have done in the past, no matter what traditions, no matter what things that are pagan are associated with it. Really, the bottom line is, is where has God legislated? Yeah. What, what does God require? What does God not require? What areas yeah. of liberty are there and what areas are there not? That's not being a change agent. That's abiding by the authority well, of Christ. That's being a conservative. Yes, it is. It absolutely is. All right. Two things, and we need to go fast. Number one, would the church be better off without social media? Yes. Social media is a net negative. Period. It's a net negative. In large part because of this video that's on the screen that I'm about to show y'all. It's created a world of narcissists. You are so stinking entitled that you think your opinion matters, and so you, you, you type an opinion on a post that you see. Observe the Passover. Follow your people on social media. Listen to them. But social media is a net negative. Well, I I know I've affected personally a lot of people in a good way. I know a lot of people have been affected in a good way. It's still a net negative, and the church would be better off without it. The world would be better off without it. Yeah, and you did a podcast on that recently. Yeah. Needs to be shared around. It's good. Yep, yep, yep. All right, and then this one. We can do Bible study any night. It's an elder thing, right? They decide what is best for the congregation question also. Yes, both accounts. The point I was making about Wednesday night, the point Aaron and I were making about Wednesday night, is collectively in Western culture in the United States, especially the South, 
Wednesday night is the is the prayer meeting Bible study night. Anywhere you go, like you don't get on the internet and say, "Hey, I'm going to be on vacation in um, in South Texas. I need a sound. I need to find a sound congregation that meets on a day of the week. I need to know what day of the week, and I need to know what time. You know what day of the week, and you know what time within you know an hour or two. It's Wednesday, seven o'clock. Could be seven thirty. Could be 6.30, but 90% of the time, it's Wednesday at 7. Why is that? That's the holy day. That, that, that's the day everybody's decided that we're going to get together that night, and we're going to give that time to God. It's holy. That, that's mm-hmm. like a buzzword that people just really struggle with. I know. It. Holiday. And another one that's, correct, that's directly connected to all this, we could do another the podcast, is celebrate. Just people just, they flip out when they hear the word celebrate. It's like... Celebrate like they like yeah. immediately think something sinful, like running naked in a church building, and you know I I don't know. It's like celebrate. It's like if I sit down in the morning and I and I and I read the Bible and I'm thankful for Jesus in my heart, I'm celebrating Jesus. You know, I'm, yeah, it's not that complicated. We we we've made it something. Like, oh, we can't celebrate. Celebrate's liberal, and it's just like just well, the you you mentioned it earlier about. A lot of people that hold these strong convictions are good-hearted people, and they hold these convictions out of a desire to do what God wants them to do. But, on the other hand, it's almost like we think since the Baptist church uses the front door to go into the auditorium, we've got to climb in the window so as not to be like them. Right. Yeah, the but, Methodist Church had Santa Claus appear for their kids, so we can't do that in our building because they do it. Yeah, and, and we again— We don't want to be like the denominations. I don't think it's prudent to have Santa Claus at the building. But that's Tony. Right. I know of congregations that are very well respected in the brotherhood by people that are watching this that have an Easter party on Sunday, and they have a Christmas party at the building where Santa Claus comes and gives gifts to the children. Would I do that? If if I were in charge of the congregation, would I let that happen at the congregation I was in charge of? No, I would not. I don't think you ought to do it. And when elderships decide such, we respect it. We obey it. That's, That's it. fine. That's not the issue. That's it. That- my eldership here does not want Santa Claus at the building. That's not my argument today. That's th- that's not what I'm talking about. I don't have a problem with my elders because they don't want Santa Claus here. <laughs> that's, that's, that's right. Not, that, that, that's not even what we're. That's not what we're talking about. There are deeper things here. The elders decide what they decide for this congregation as a whole. This collective body coming together. We we respect their judgment for the whole congregation. When it comes to the use of this building and and the flock assembling together and all those kinds of things, yeah. we assemble as the Washington Avenue Church. That's great. That's it. You know, I talked to them individually about it, or uh, with one of them individually. You know, and he said, "I just don't want that." I said, "That's it. Thumbs that's, up. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Good deal. I agree with you. Then let's let's don't yeah. have it. That's right. It, yes. Again, 
what I was saying and kind of going back to, I think it was Michelle's comment or Melissa, maybe and I don't mean to pick on her, but I, th- I liked her question going back to something she asked earlier on the concern that, that I have that I would like to come out in this episode from my side too, is not about what we do as a collective body. When I read Romans 14, the first and foremost thing I'm seeing is what individuals. Yes, what individuals that, that's the main do. thing. We're not saying we got to change church services. We need to have a in, uh, a cantata. We need to we need to have a special Sunday. Different that can be discussed in another time. We can we can scrutinize those things. But individuals, you know. But when we get on Facebook and we condemn people and we call it sin when it's not sin, we are in sin. We, we are violating the liberty that God has given. We are speaking where God has not spoken. And that's, and I'm, we're getting fired up about it. Yeah. That's, folks, that's what we need to so We need to see that. There are three comments that I want us to address, and then we got to call the show. I, in fact, we're not even going to look at the rest of the videos, uh, which is nothing wrong. I'm not complaining. We've had a very good show with very good discussion. That's what we envisioned when we started this. Am I? Hold on. Yeah, I think that's the way we're supposed to be. Now, I had to switch us. Uh, okay, first off, this one. If the eldership wants to bring the congregation together on Tuesdays and Thursdays because it benefits the congregation, there isn't anything wrong with it. Absolutely, there's not. In fact, the elders have the authority, and it's not just the elders, in lieu of elders, the congregation together. Remember, Ephesians chapter 5, submit yourselves one to another. So in lieu of eldership, in, in, the, in lieu of an eldership, the congregation as a whole, the individual submits to the congregation. If the eldership or the congregation as a whole decides to get together and say, we're going to meet on Tuesdays and Thursdays and forego Wednesdays, then there's nothing wrong with that. And that is authoritative enough that if you don't show up, you are flouting the authority of God, and you'll be in sin. You've got to have a good reason. If the elders or if the congregation as a whole says Tuesdays and Thursdays, but we're going to get together instead of Wednesday, well, if you work Tuesday night, you need to go to the congregation and say, I need your permission to miss Same way with a Wednesday night. If you work a job that caused you to miss Wednesday night, you need to go to the elders or you need to go to the congregation humbly and say, I work this job and I cannot change right now. I'm going to have to miss Wednesday nights. Are you okay with that? Can you work with me? Well, the answer is yes, because they're not going to lord their authority over you and then they're going to give you an opportunity to make up that Bible time you would miss, and it's your responsibility to make it up. We don't teach that a whole lot. You got anything to say, Aaron, about that? No, go ahead. No, go All right, ahead. Next, next comment. This is a good one. I understand what you guys mean. I did have a sister say that she has friends who have a midnight service. I think she meant her Catholic friends, and she wants to have one too. Now, this is a prime example of what we're talking about. Would it be expedient, which this is where elders rule, would it be expedient for for a congregation to have a midnight service for some religious holy day, 
Very possible not. Very possible not. And therefore, the eldership or the church as a whole would say, we're not doing that because it would, it would, the, the, the good or, or the, the good, what the harm done would not be mitigated enough by the good reaped. So we're not going to do that. Now, is it a sin for a group of Christians to get together at midnight and sing songs of praise, pray to God Almighty, and hear a portion of God's Word? No. But this scenario, it may be that even though it's not inherently sinful, it may not be expedient. Therefore, the congregation as a whole or the elders would say, we're not doing that. I wouldn't want to do it because I don't want to be somewhere besides my bed at midnight. I mean, I'm just being honest. I Ain't mean, that the truth? We can we can set God aside as as holy and worship Him at you know eight a.m. You know, I I just anyhow just throwing in my opinion there. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna sneak this one in, Paige Perry. I'm gonna I'm gonna get to your question, but I got to do Deborah's here. If the elders said they're washing windows on Thursday night, we're going to show up and watch them do it. I think that's the most. I don't know if she meant to be this funny. Right. <laughs> this is a commentary. Uh, if the elders say we're going to get together on Thursday night to wash windows, or if the oh okay, I see. If the elders said they're washing windows, never mind. Is, I, I, is I, it, I read it, something into that. Is it a funny? There. Is it a funny? It's funny. It was okay. funny the way I interpreted it. All right. Well, let me get off. Let me let me get that off there so I can. Oops. Hold on. All right. We're cooking with hot butter now. So I thought the implication was we like to sit back and watch others do the work. So if the elder said we're going to show up on Thursday night to wash windows, we'd show up and watch the elders do it. Anyway. I don't think she realized how funny that was, and, and, and interesting. But all right, let, let's get let, let's get Paige Perry. How does forsaking the assembly fit into the current convo you're having, Paige? It does not. Uh, the the not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. The there's a gerund phrase that's a verb, a, 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 an action phrase that's used like a noun. And that's talking about the one service on Sunday where we perform the acts of worship. Wednesday night, Hebrews 10.25 does not have any bearing on Wednesday night at all. It, in fact, when, if, you, if you meet two times on Sunday, Hebrews 10.25 only has a bearing on one of those times. I think we need to get rid of this stupid two worship service model on Sundays. That's nowhere in Scripture. You're talking about adding two or taking away. You've added two Scripture. You've added another complete episynagoge, assembling of ourselves together. Which is not inherently wrong if done right, but you can see problems that come with it. People skipping and missing and treating the AM service frivolously, and, oh, I can drink the juice and eat the cracker on Sunday night by myself. Anyhow, just, yeah. just open me up. 
Oh, I'm with you, man. You got one. You got one bro, one sis in there, and they're eating the Lord's supper, but they're not really communing with everybody else. Everybody else is just sitting there waiting on them. And yeah. prayers reflected. Be with the ones that are partaking. Yes. Be with the one that's. It's like we're well, trying I, to accommodate because it, it already feels weird. And yeah, different. I'll tell you what we've done here at Riverview. Um, we no longer offer the Lord's Supper at the evening service. If you miss the morning service, you just miss the Lord's Supper. We pray with you. We pray for you. But the Episunagoge is Sunday morning. If you miss that, you've missed it. Right. And and, and if you missed it because you chose, you were able and you had the opportunity, you violated God's command. That's it. You know, but if you couldn't, if you were sick, you weren't feeling up to it, you were not able to be there, guess what? You missed the Lord's Supper, but you're okay. That's one of the paradoxes. You're not going to hell because you missed it. That's one of the paradoxes of preaching. Those who need it the most are affected by it the least. Those who need it the least are affected by it the most. You know, you can... The the, the people that are forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, they don't care that they're forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. The people who are not is the aged woman who's taking care of her bed-bound husband and she's weeping, saying, do you think God will understand why I can't make it? I think he will, sister. I, I, I think even if God had a hard heart towards your missing, your tears would soften it. <laughs> if I were a betting man, I would have bet you guys were going to talk about the Satanic Grammy Awards today. All the more reason why I don't bet. You know, Scott, I thought about it, but I'm like, yeah, that that stuff right there. You can look at that and say easily, yep, that's bad. So anyway, that, that's that's one reason why I didn't, I didn't, I didn't uh, cover it. Man, y'all got so many good y'all. We can't do any more. That, we, can, we can't do any more comments. We got to stop. That's that's. There's a lot of good stuff. So much good stuff. Um. I appreciate so much encouragement as well. And uh, listen, you probably, and I'm not saying this to point a finger finger wag, you probably didn't agree with everything we said today. Well, welcome to the human condition. When there's three people talking, there's probably three different viewpoints on any given topic. None of them are in harmony with one another in most cases, but that's okay. Now. Chew on what we said. At least give it a fair shake. Maybe listen to it more than once. Maybe seek out some truly scholarly sources that are not biased. In other words, don't go to the quote-unquote Church of Christ books about holidays. Don't go to the denominational books about holidays. Go to scholarly sources that are holy secular in nature and don't have an agenda and see what they say and only deal with the facts and don't listen to anybody that's trying to tell you the conclusion to draw. All right. Anything you want to say before we close there, Aaron? I I, I know we we keep saying we're not going to do this, but like the comment with, hey, hey, Alabama, we need to have a small service at the homes of ladies who can't come. Well, 
define your terms. What do you mean by need? We need to. We, we need to because she sinned because she can't be there. No. Need because we want to encourage her. Okay. Yeah. You know, you know, but we, that's a whole other issue. Like carrying the Lord's supper to people at different places and those kinds of things. It, again, context of Hebrews 10, 25, you've got, you've got the assembly of the saints in one place for the purpose of carrying out the, the liturgy of the church, the worship acts of the church that God has commanded. And when you can't be there, you're not able, you're not held to that. You're not held to eating cracker, you know, unleavened bread and fruit of the vine at your home by yourself. Same way in the nursing yeah. home when you can't come. I, I think, I think, Hey, Hey, Alabama just, clear that up because she can't be there and really wants to be that is a way we can service we we can it's a way to practice pure religion and undefiled before god and the father yes it's a way to minister to the fatherless and the widows so yeah from from that from that standpoint Mm -hmm. hey hey you are absolutely correct we need to do that yep Um, we need to provide for them and and not not because they're in sin because they don't take it at the building with everybody right but yeah, and and this is going to sound weird. Um, we have a comment that says, whenever I was talking about go find secular scholarly sources, uh, somebody put go to the Bible. You can't go to the Bible. The Bible doesn't cover everything. The Bible doesn't talk about Easter or Christmas or anything like that. If you only went to the Bible and you didn't go to any other source, guess what? Whenever a man celebrated Christmas, you wouldn't have anything to say to him because he esteems that day above another, and you don't, and you both and you both either esteem it or don't esteem it unto the Lord. It's holy. Right. And you wouldn't say anything. It's, it's man that has confused everything. The Bi- if you only do what the Bible said, Christmas and Easter and Thanksgiving and birthdays, birthdays. Yeah, all of this stuff, it would be a non-issue yep. if we only follow the Bible. Because if somebody yep. said, hey, I don't think you ought to be celebrating Christmas. Uh, well, I esteem this day above the other days. Do you esteem this day above the other days? No. Oh, well, I, it says here that this is good. <laughs> I mean, what? Romans 14, 6. I yep. know it. Or, that- or you could say, I, I got this verse here that says, you shouldn't judge me about a holy day. Absolutely. Absolutely. Galatians 2, 4, when somebody binds it down to the point of, of salvation, ah, somebody says this is a matter of being right with God, heaven or hell. Yeah. Galatians 2, 4, we didn't give them an hour. That's it. When you must and, defend your liberty. And, and, the, and the everything we need for life and godliness, that's, yeah, it is. But the problem is it's you people who, say that celebration of Easter and Christmas is wrong that's adding to the scriptures. So that means we've got to go to extra biblical scholarliness to show you that what you're saying is a lie, that these traditions are not pagan in origin. Yeah, that's what this was about, especially the foundation of it. But it it evolved, and that was great. But yes, the, the scriptures do give us everything for life and godliness. And Romans 14 is included is in there. In that. Romans 14 says yeah. that this is a non-issue. Whether That's you it. eat the meat or you don't, neither commend you to God, 1 Corinthians 11. That's it. So it's, since it's a non-issue, we can't say it's a sin. 
You're sending That's right. it because it, it's a non-issue. Uh, but again, she did make the comment earlier about conscience. Absolutely. Conscience is so yep. important. Don't and do again, anything and, that violates your conscience. And that's another thing. We're not telling people one way or the other that you should no. or shouldn't. Absolutely. We're just yeah. telling people it's not condemned. Right. And I am commissioned by my Lord to teach people about their liberty in Christ. Yes. And when you preach about the liberty in Christ, some will ignorantly and carelessly and foolishly charge you, charge us with being a change agent. Yep. Uh, someone who says that, who does not weigh this whole entire video, the fool's on them. I mean, really, oh, yeah. that, that's their problem. They need to listen to the whole thing. They need to follow the text and how we've explained it in the text. And the burden of proof would be on them to prove from the context of Romans 14 otherwise. I mean, I'm just being fair yeah. and frank. Um, Jonathan put the wise men celebrated the birth of Jesus. In fact, it wasn't just the wise men. It was the angels in heaven as well. And Mary sang that wonderful Magnificat. Or was it Mary or was it the prophet? Anyway, don't, I promise I've read the Bible once. <laughs> I'm just, I'm doubting myself now, so I'm going to stop. Guys, I appreciate y'all. Y'all, y'all get, I hope, I hope you get as much out of this as me. Aaron, do you have anything to say as we close? No, I appreciate everybody's comments and participation. And, and, and I'm, I'm sure that there were a few that didn't understand or didn't agree with certain things, but you probably stayed in the show and you remained in. God bless you for that. And I hope that, uh, our words and the things we pointed to in scripture has helped you. And you can always ask questions and comment. And we like, we love the interaction. It's great. Yeah. Yes. Tonight I am doing, um, cogitations at, I don't know, 9 PM my time. Yeah. S seven central eight Pacific. No, seven central eight Eastern. Leave the and, Pacific people out of it. Yeah. Nine <laughs> o'clock. Atlantic. Yeah. All right. God bless y'all. Thank you so much. This has been Tony Burr and Aaron Dotson. Please be the algorithm for us. Share this. Share this. Share this. Go to the 2 by 2 podcast Facebook page. Go to Cogitations Facebook page. Subscribe and like. Go to Podbean, Apple Podcast, Spotify, TuneIn Radio. Subscribe there. That's all I've got here. Aaron, we'll see you. Uh, God bless everybody, and I'm going to end the stream. We'll see y'all. Oh, this has been Tony Brewer and Aaron Dodson with Christianity Now, and we'll catch you on the flip side. I had to get it then in there.